you're tuned in to Shake, Rattle, and Goal, the official podcast of your Springfield Thunderbirds. Osmanski, a one-timer deflected side of the goal, Alexandrov scores! Hosted by Matt Baker and Steve Forney, a show that's everything Springfield hockey, with interviews including players, coaches, and staff. The Springfield Indians repeat as the Calder Cup champions. Listen to this podcast on all major streaming platforms and wherever you download podcasts. In his first year at the helm, Kevin McDonald and Drew Manister have the team in the Calder Cup Finals. Watch the podcast on the official Shake, Rattle, and Goal YouTube page at SRG Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Baker and Steve Forney. All right, welcome into episode number four of the Shake, Rattle, and Goal podcast alongside Matt Baker. I am Steve Forney, and for the first time in our show's history, we are proud to say that this episode of the SRG podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at White Lion Brewing right in down in Tower Square in downtown Springfield and their new location in Amherst. White Lion is your go-to pregame spot for all Thunderbirds games. We are so thrilled, Matt, to finally have not only a sponsor here for our show, uh, but a company that is so involved in the 413 and in the Springfield community. I think that's right. something that we focused on since day one. That's it. I mean, it, it's it's local supporting local, and and we're proud to have White Lion aboard and, and looking forward to to a wonderful partnership here. Yeah, and I, some may notice our if you're watching on YouTube our our. Um, you know, our sort of presentation looks a little different uh, because of, thanks to White Lion, we are able to to upgrade our software and not just be using Zoom. Now we're actually using professional podcasting software. So a uh, big thank you to our friends at White Lion, and we'll be hearing a lot more from them. And uh, they even mentioned possibly recording some of our shows down at White Lion in the future oh, once sweet. the season cool. gets rolling. So folks uh, have that to look forward to as well. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, we're coming off of a couple of Blues preseason games that – uh, very much had Thunderbirds all over the roster, potential mm-hmm. Thunderbirds all over the roster. So um, we are going to get into a lot of that. Uh, Matt, I think we wanted to start here, though, looking at some of the events, uh, special games, special dates on the calendar that the Thunderbirds have put together for the season. Um, if you want to at least take a good look at at some of the the earlier stuff that we have to look forward to. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and and for anybody listening, if you want a full rundown of all the dates, if you like to plan out what games you're going to for the whole season, you could check it out on the Thunderbird uh, website. They have all their promotional and, and specialty games already uh, scheduled and planned out. But we did just want to highlight a few as we are just a, a few Two weeks away from opening night, October 14th is opening night against the Wolfpack. Puck drops at 7.05. Sunday, October 15th is the Kids Club opener. I know that's that's a big hit for my my two kids. If you have anybody um, 12 years or under, get them into that Kids Club. It's a wonderful, wonderful program there they do for the kids. But So the Kids Club opener is um, Sunday the 15th against Providence at 3.05. We've got the annual... Octoberd Fest game, October 28th. Uh, that is against Providence, and it's also their hockey puck bottle opener giveaway. November 4th, big game, Tommy Cross night. Uh, first 2,500 fans will receive a Tommy Cross bobblehead um, brought to you by Stop and Shop. Um, that is a 705 puck drop against the Phantoms. November 8th is their school day game. Again, against the Phantoms, that's a 10-30 game. Um, 
November 22nd, the Mayflower Marathon Night versus Bridge uh, versus Bridgeport throughout the month of November. Um, the Thunderbirds will be collecting canned goods and donations, and then on the 22nd will be sort of their, their giveaway to the May, uh, Mayflower Marathon, partnering with Rock 102. On November 25th, Hockey Fights Cancer Night versus the Utica Comets, another 705 puck drop. Uh, their lavender jerseys will be donated uh, to help benefit Bitsy's Army, our very own Will Bitten. Um, that's his sort of uh, go-to um, charity. Yeah, it's like charity. Charitable. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, sure. his his charity. So um, that's it for October and November. Um, so a lot a lot of fun games. But again, if you want the full rundown, we'll try to update them every month or so just to keep you informed but the all the dates throughout the entire season can be found on the Springfield Thunderbirds webpage. Steve, you bring do you are you able to go to that kids or, or not the kids the um the school day game? Do you bring your high schoolers there? Are they able to get involved? So so it's interesting. Last year we did um because I didn't want to I didn't want to have to take a day off of work or have to find a replacement. So I have it. <laughs> I brought a bunch of my broadcasting students and they shadowed a lot of the thunderbirds personnel which was great so awesome uh, kevin johnson had one of my students uh, i had another one on the ice with a camera taking photos um, somebody was in the in the room uh, in the production room with bob and those guys so i'm going to hopefully do that again because i don't want to have to take a take a day off of school so let, as i said let's try to double dip and get two paychecks out of that so there you go we're gonna um we're gonna try that again this year i'll have seniors that week so hopefully i can bring a handful of seniors down to the game nice um and same with with the Mayflower Marathon. I like to bring my students down to MGM when Bax and Nagel are doing the Mayflower Marathon so that they can, you know, it incorporates radio, you know, and, and sure. something that we teach. But also they can go down and, and create a news package based on the event that they're having, which is obviously for a great cause. So um, shout out to to Bax and Nagel for doing their thing. And they're always so welcoming. Last year they had some students go right on the air uh, live, which was really cool. So um, I'm looking forward to both of those weeks and, you know, it, it it's kind of tough timing. That game will always be right before Thanksgiving, yeah. but uh, it's such a great event and a good partnership between the team and, uh, and Rock 102 and Bax and Nagel. So um, those would be great. And, and, and again, I think the biggest thing that I take away from all these games is uh, there's so many of them are for, for charities and for a good cause, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. supporting Mayflower, supporting Hockey Fights Cancer, getting the kids involved. Again, community stuff, right? And that's sort of um, that's sort of the main goal here. So uh, good stuff, and and uh, looking forward to the season start. I will say, you mentioned the jerseys, and this is off topic. Uh, the Hartford Wolfpack are finally going to create third jerseys that involve their secondary logo. Have you ever seen that thing? It's like a submarine. No. It's like a submarine with a wolf on the head, hmm. and it it's um, it's on their helmets, but it's nowhere else. And every time guys get a penalty, I, I look at the helmet and I'm like, man, that logo is so cool. How come they don't use that? They are finally going to be incorporating their their uh, their submarine submarine wolf in some of their jerseys. So we'll see. Well, what that there looks you like. go. Good for you, Wolfpack. Well I done. Know. It's about it's about time. Welcome uh, to 2023. Seriously. Um, so I'm sure we'll see plenty of Hartford uh, coming up here once the season gets rolling. As we look towards, uh, well, as we look towards the rosters being broken down, we did have a bunch of players get sent down to Springfield. I do anticipate in the next 24 hours or so we're going to have more. We are coming off of 
the preseason game uh, this, the Blues had against the Dallas Stars, again, loaded with um, loaded with Thunderbirds. And I, and I will sort of direct Thunderbirds fans, if you don't follow him or take, uh, take in his information yet, um, there's a guy, Lou Korak, uh, K-O-R-A-C. Uh, he writes for the Hockey News. He is the St. Louis Blues sort of beat writer. And if you don't follow him on social, I highly recommend it. He's a good guy to follow on Twitter. Uh, for live updates, especially during these kind of games. Uh, but he did have an article that came out this morning. Again, we're, we're as we record, it's Sunday morning coming off of that game. And, um, you know, the, the, the Blues fall 4-3 in overtime. I think Blues fans, based on the article that Lou wrote, are, are a little, you know, here we go again because sure. they had sort of the same issues that they had in this preseason game. And guess it's preseason, but uh, they had sort of the same issues that plagued them a lot last season you know, a lackluster third period, um, giving away breakaways in overtime. Um, they sit 2-1-2 and two in the uh, preseason. Uh, Colton Ellis was left on the hook, although according to what Lou writes, it's certainly not his fault. I mean, a breakaway from Jason Robertson uh, in overtime, there's not much you can do. Two goals, though, for Braden Shen. Um, and some nice some nice puck movement by the young guys. Matt Kessel had a, had a nice assist. Um uh, Lou, I'll just go right to his article here. He, he has a, a, a category called Noticeable Young Players. Mm-hmm. He says, forward Zachary Bolduke and Zach Dean continue to get better and play well at this level. Dean helps set up Bolduke's first preseason marker. Uh, defenseman Leo Loof, Matt Kessel, and Tyler Tucker were put in high-pressure situations. They were physical. Loof and Kessel each chipped in an assist on Shen goals. Uh, Kessel says, quote, I think I've I think I've got off to a good start, and I'm just trying to build on that every single day. Uh, Bolduke was quoted: "Everything go everything's going well. Every game I'm playing, I'm getting more confident. I feel every game I'm making more plays with the puck, and I feel I have my place here." Mm. Um, uh, Lou Korak says goaltending was good again for the second preseason game. Jordan Bennington was solid. He played two periods, stopped 12 of 13 shots before giving way to Ellis, who was solid despite allowing three goals on 16 shots in 21 minutes. Uh, Braden Shen was quoted saying, uh, we've got to be better in front of him. It comes in cold, makes some saves, gives us, gives us a chance. We just weren't good enough in front of him in the third period, and we stopped skating. Mm-hmm. So uh, Colton Ellis was sort of um, was sort of thrust in there, and the Blues didn't really play well in front of him. Um, last thing here is it says, Bitten is biting again. Sam Bitten, <laughs> in, <laughs> Sam Bitten in camp on a PTO, dropped the gloves for the second time in as many games. Uh, the 23-year-old younger brother of Will Bitten fought Dallas's Roddick Fosca after a puck battle in the St. Louis defensive quarter. If you get a chance to see that fight, uh, it was good. It was a good fight. I'll tell you, this kid is scrappy. It, he um, he does a really nice job of – I haven't seen a lot of uh, – I, I, I think maybe Bobby Farnham was the last guy I would see when you're grappling and you, you have the front of their jersey with one hand and you've got the other hand cocked. The front hand that you have on the jersey – just throwing short jabs, jab, 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 jab. Um, you know, Bruins fans want Tread Frederick to do that. Um, but it's amazing how he's able to get both these fights, just kind of get the other guy caught a little off guard by just yeah. with these jab, 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 jabs. And um, I love what I'm seeing from Sam Bitten from a physicality perspective. I, I think he's going to need to bring that too. I mean, and I think too, a little bit, I, I have a brother. He's a younger brother of mine and, and younger brothers always have to, introduce themselves. Here I am. I'm not Will's brother. I'm Sam. And and maybe this is how he's doing that. And, and I like it. I think Springfield's sort of 
you know, they're they're a physical team. They'll they'll scrap, but they are missing that 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 enforcer type that that you know. And I'm I, I Sam could turn out to be more than just that enforcer, but I like the fact he's not hesitant. He he's looking to make a name for himself. He's looking to show scouts and the teams that I I will do what is necessary to to help us. And and so good for him. Good for him. And I mean, you have you have two sons. So I just mm-hmm. on, on an observation, I think your younger son might be a little bit more physical than your older son. Yeah. And you are absolutely right in that. So maybe it is that maybe it is the the second child, uh, the younger brother, always yeah. having to, to, again, stand your ground, make a name for yourself, introduce yourself for who you are. Um, you know, the other thing, though, that the article points out, here we are again, we're saying Zachary Bolduke and Zach Dean again. And it seems like, you know, when we were introducing the prospects, these names came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talked about the prospect highlight games a few weeks ago, again, these names popped up. So it it there's something to be said for you if you can't get through a weekend of games without mentioning Zachary Dean or Zachary Balduke and Zach Dean, uh they, they might have a spot. Maybe these are the guys going back and forth, up and down a little bit, um, you know, like uh, Nikita and, and Jake Neighbors were last year. Maybe it, it is the two Zacks going back and forth. Um, they're still young, and they still have a lot of work to work on their game, but um, so far, so good. And, and and I hope they, if they do come down to Springfield to start the season, I think I hope that they can continue this sort of hot start with the Blues uh, and, and get rolling in Springfield. Yeah, and I hope they keep their mind right because yeah, you 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 play you play really well at the NHL level in a preseason game, then you get sent down, and it's it's easy to get bummed out about it and say, "Well, I don't belong here," and you don't take mm-hmm. it seriously. And we've seen that happen with players here in Springfield, where or in other organizations where they think they belong at the NHL level and they don't take the the AHL seriously enough. I you know I think Owen Tippett had a little bit of that when he first started, and you know now he's he's a full time NHLer. Um, so I, I think it's important that they both sort of recognize the situation. I, I do think if it's going to be one or the other, it's probably going to be Zach Dean because he is a little bit older. He does have mm-hmm. a lot more AHL experience, but we are going to get into sort of the roster breakdowns of each, both the Blues and the Thunderbirds. And it, it looks to me like there might be, there might be a little opening here at the, at the center position down the middle, um, you know, just in, in real quick, you know, Braden Shen, Kevin Hayes, Oscar Sundquist, and then that's kind of it mm-hmm. in terms of center positions for them. You know, then you're looking at Nikki Alexandrov. Um, you know, but if you put Oscar Sundquist on the fourth line, what, what I don't want to have happen is either one of these guys go up to St. Louis, be on the fourth line, and play like ten minutes a night. Sure. If you're if you're gonna play them, you got to give them more than fourth line minutes. So, mm-hmm. you know, do you put them in the AHL on the top line playing twenty five minutes a night, or do you? try to slide them out of the third line, give them some power play time, let them kill some penalties and, and give them, you know, 15 minutes a night or something like that. So um, it's going to be an interesting decision here for St. Louis. But yeah, both of these players, both the Zacks, I feel like we've been saying it for <laughs> for four episodes now. Yeah. Um, these these guys both look pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I mean. I mean, at some point, your name keeps coming up in, in a positive manner. Yeah. Good things are going to happen for them, and 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 I and we we've said this too before. You know, sure, we're a Springfield Thunderbirds podcast, and 
we want all the talent in Springfield, but at the end of the day, you know, we do root for these, these athletes. We do root for these kids. And, and the ultimate goal is to get up there in St. Louis. And, you know, it, I, I think the future is bright for them. Mm, absolutely. So when we do look at some of the, the recent moves, um, there have been a handful, more than a handful of players that the Blues have already sent down. And just to sort of rattle them off here, and you let me know if the, any of them are, are surprises or you're looking forward to. But uh, Mikhail Abramov, Tanner Dickinson, Drew Callen, Andre Heim, uh, Mitch Holscher, Jeremy Biakabatuka. Uh, is that uh, Duzik? I think it's Duzik. I got to learn that guy's Duzak. name before this. Duzak. I got to learn his name before the season starts. Uh, Mark Andre Gaudet, Austin Osmansky, um, Hunter Skinner. Um, Adam Gaudet cleared waivers yesterday, so he will actually head to Springfield. Goaltenders Will Cranley and uh, Zarenko. We anticipate Colton Ellis coming down in the next, I would say, probably 48 hours or so. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of names there, a lot of guys that are familiar. Is any of those sort of st stick out to you or guys that you're looking forward to to see and play, Matt? Well, I mean, I'm 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 kind of surprised Skinner was sent down in the, the first round of cuts. I thought maybe he would have had a little bit. I think ultimately, I think I expected him to come down to Springfield, but I, I guess if there was a surprise in these sort of first round of cuts, these first send downs uh, Skinner being in that first round was a little bit surprising to me. Um, he's physical. He's, he made an impact when he was out there, but I, I'm, I'm happy to see him. I like Hunter Skinner. We talked about him last episode. The, the goalie situation is interesting to me. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, good talent that'll be playing in between the pipes in Springfield. We talked about this too a few weeks ago after Zarenko's dominant performance in the, the, the prospect game over there. You know, if, if he, if there's an injury to Bennington or Hofer, if Zarenko's goes up, we still have uh, Subban, Cranley. Um, uh, Ellis. Yeah. Ellis. And, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of goal, good goaltending in and around the Thunderbirds, which is good to hear. Um, are you happy to see Biakabatuka officially sent down? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy he's on the roster for sure. I can't wait to, to see that guy's name. But yeah, I mean, and real quick on the goaltending, you know, it'll be interesting to see if St. Louis decides to just keep three goaltenders. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's not necessarily unheard of, but, you know, if they decided to keep Hof Hofer, ben Bennington, and Subban, you know, the Thunderbirds would still have Zarenko, Ellis, and Cranley. And that's not mm -hmm. like the worst case scenario. It's not like the Thunderbirds are totally screwed. And, you know, Colton Ellis, you know, he's uh, 22 years old. He's a third round draft pick. So it's not like, it's not like they're going to have to do what they did last year and go out and get like 38 year old Garrett Sparks to, to fill in some games. I think that they, they're going to have enough guys um, on the roster and not just guys, like I said, that are just there to be there. You know, Colton Ellis is a guy you can develop. Zarenko is a guy you can develop. You know, I think that goaltending and, and another thing Lou Korak talked about in that article was the goaltending and how mm -hmm. how that's sort of been the most solid takeaway so far in the preseason is that all the goalies that have played have actually been pretty well. So I think up and down the chart in both um, in both St. Louis and Springfield, I think goaltending is going to be the biggest strength of this of this organization. We did, Steve, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the back line, the defense here. How do you think that's going to shake out in St. Louis and down, you know, 
filtering down here to, to Springfield. I mean, we, we know they're going to be young here in Springfield. We talked about is this time for Kessel to step up and eliminate some of those. Uh, I want to be nice here, but just wrong place, wrong time mm-hmm. plays those unforced turnovers at the blue line. How does that, how do you think this is going to shape out in St. Louis and then trickle down to Springfield? Yeah. So I, I, I went today through the St. Louis roster and I just sort of, I made a list of guys that are guaranteed to be in St. Louis, like no questions asked. And then sort of adjusted the roster from there. Um, and I came up with two, four, six, eight. I came up with nine defensemen that, I think should be guaranteed locks for St. Louis. And that's a lot of guys. Mm. I think yeah. they just have a, a ton of guys in the back end. And, and real quick, Colton Pareko, Tori Krug, Justin Falk, Nick Letty, Marco Scandella, Robert Bertuzzo. There's, there's what, one, two, three, four, five. There's six guys. So that would fill out your roster. There's your roster. That, that doesn't even include Scott Perunovich, Callie Rosen, or, or, or Tyler Tucker. Mm. So there's three guys that are all capable NHLers that, are sort of on paper would be on the outside looking in. Now, I mean, I don't know if they're going to trade anybody. I know Justin Falk's been beat, beat up a little bit this uh, mm-hmm. preseason. So is Tory Krug. You can probably anticipate at least two of those guys had fighting injuries throughout the year. I mean, just based on their um, th- their recent history, the guys that have fought injury a lot. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why they're so loaded. Um but then when we look at Springfield, that list is huge, too, because you're looking at Matt Kessel, Josh Jacobs, who's hurt, Wyatt Kalanuck, Hunter Skinner, Marc-Andre Gaudet, Leo Loof, Anton Malmstrom, Biakaba Tuka, Butchinger. Hmm. So it's like, holy smokes, like there's only six positions for crying out yeah. loud. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Biakaba Tuka ended up in the ECHL just based on like the, the numbers, just based on sure. the numbers game. So, um I think that in terms of bodies, they're way more loaded on D than they are at the forward position throughout the organization. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how it shakes out. You know, a lot of times towards the end of preseason is when a lot of trades are made. A lot of guys get moved. Um, I know even I I go back to it just because I'm a fan, but, you know, the the Bruins fans are already now talking about possibly trading Matt Grizzlick because they have the young guys that they want to see play more. And I'm wondering if, you know, you look at guys like Bertuzzo, Scandella, Nick Letty, you know, guys that are, are older but are also expensive. Yeah. If some yeah. of those guys are, are you know, on the, the possibility of getting moved, you know, and again, you're probably only going to get 50 cents on the dollar at this time of the year if you're making a move like that. But if you're trying to free up cap space and you want to give, you know, somebody like Perunovic or Tucker um, or even Matt Kessel, if you wanted to get them more involved in the NHL game, I think you're going to have to move a body. So, right. Right. Um, so it's a little interesting. This is, this is, this is a surprising aspect of, the, of this team for me. Uh, just a few short weeks ago, I really thought this would be a big question mark, but then like what you just did when you actually finally write it out on paper and you're like, Whoa, actually we, there are some solid names on these lists and where are you going to put them? It, it goes to me. I do think some of these younger guys will get sent down to the ECHL. Um, and then you have to think trades. Trades will, will be made, and, and this is a prime time for the NHL to make those trades and, and to strengthen the weaknesses. And it, 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 it's, I think, a, a good problem to have when you're trying to figure out the pairings of the back line. You have options of, of who plays better with who. 
but uh, definitely some choices, tough choices still to be made, I think, on, on both rosters. Yeah, and especially when you start doing, you know, left shot D versus right shot D, right. offensive guy versus defensive guy, when you start sort of putting them all together and meshing them all together, it's it's a lot more convoluted than just, you know, again, just writing them all out. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of see how it all shakes out. Uh, but I, I do think, especially on the back line, back line you can never have enough bodies. Yeah. I think that, that sure. loading up on D, especially at this league, um, is so important. So in a little bit, we are going to, uh, I am just kind of, kind of run through again, what I think that both rosters should look like. Um, and, uh, we'll have a graphic up there for you as well for our YouTube, our YouTube viewers as well. Um, and again, we appreciate all of y'all. Um, hmm. we've gotten a lot of, we gotten a lot of action this week, a, a lot of, um, listener comments and things. And in fact, we do have a couple of uh, questions that fans asked us, which we will uh, get to later on in the show as well. Um, one other thing I wanted to just mention, uh, they had the preseason game against Chicago. Uh, I, I watched pretty much the whole thing. It was on the NHL Network. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, I said before the game started, Hunter Skinner is going to blow somebody up tonight. And then what <laughs> happened? Hunter Skinner Ooh. not only blew, blew somebody up, but then uh, Corey Perry wanted to fight him. And he said, no, I'm not fighting you. And then Corey Perry got a penalty. So not only did he blow a guy up, but he got a power play out of it. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that we're looking for. He reminds me of Riley Stillman for those Thunderbirds fans that go back a little way. And again, a guy who's now playing NHL mit- uh, minutes for Vancouver um, just absolutely will not mess, pass up on the opportunity to just absolutely smash somebody. Um, and I do also want to give a quick shout out to our boy, Ryan Smith. who was mm-hmm. um, in the booth with St. Louis. He did the play-by-play for both the second and third periods on St. Louis radio. Um, I did have a chance to talk to some of the, the Thunderbirds front office people who actually went down to St. Louis for, I don't know, about a week or so, uh, maybe a little longer than that, and and was able just to, to mingle with the St. Louis people and sort of uniting the two um, the two, the two teams, basically, in the two front offices. And uh, not only were they treated very well um, and had fun, but uh, they, I think they, they learned a lot. And for Ryan's sake, he got a, a great opportunity there, and, and I'm I've been saying it. It's not uh, Ryan Smith is is not long for the AHL. That guy will be an NHL broadcaster soon. We just need some of these old stodgy guys, Jack Edwards, to finally move a move aside and make room for the younger generation of broadcasters because Ryan Smith is absolutely top notch. He's wonderful. He's such a pleasure to listen to. I, I I think we're a bit spoiled in Springfield to have a play by play. At, at the high level and, and quality as Ryan Smith. He does a great job calling the games. He's informative. He He's timely, very easy to listen to. And and I, I've listened to a few AHL games, and, and I, I will keep the teams out of it, but not everyone, not everyone is at his level. So keep up the good work, Ryan. We hope to have you on the show one day. And mm-hmm. uh, But keep up the great work. Congratulations and, and great calls. And, you know, it's one of those things here in Springfield where we're lucky because, I don't know, Springfield, especially in broadcasting, it's a weird spot. Like, everybody seems to, like, graduate from Syracuse Newhouse School of Broadcasting, and then they end up at 22 News for, like, eight months. And then they go to Texas. They go to, you know, Hartford. They go to move on to bigger markets. But the list of of broadcasters in Springfield, I mean, Don Orsillo was mm-hmm. calling games here in Springfield, you know, and Mike Kelly was fantastic and, and um, 
uh, oh, I can't think of his name, but he he ended up he, now he's in San Diego. Andy Zilch. Andy Zilch was a fantastic young broadcaster who got a dream opportunity to go go do do hockey in San Diego. Talk about living the life, man, mm. um, out in California. So again, I don't think I, I don't think it's it's going to be long until Ryan is is at the NHL level. Um, and if you ever got a chance to talk with him, uh, he's not only a great guy, but he's a total pro. I mean, just takes what he does so seriously and um it's an absolute pleasure so yeah no we'll def i'll definitely be getting him on the show here at some point especially once the season um starts rolling on he's full of insight a great writer too if you hear any of his um uh, read any of his work on the website and don't forget to check out he he does some player interviews as well not like he's our competition or anything but the thunderbirds uh do have a segment on their their page where ryan interviews some players so definitely mm -hmm. go go check that out as well um so uh let's see so we do have uh, like I said, I want to talk about uh, the roster situation, what it looks like. And I also want to get involved with some of the questions that we were asked. Uh, but before we do, I do want to just give a quick shout out uh, to uh, our friends at White Lion Brewing. Uh, the SRG podcast proudly sponsored by White Lion Brewing in their new location in Amherst on North Pleasant Street. Of course, right down uh, in Springfield at Tower Square, downtown 1500 Main Street. It's the place to go prior to Thunderbirds games and parking. As we all know, in downtown Springfield is a bit tricky these days. Until that parking garage goes up, it's going to be uh, real tricky. So make sure that you park in the Tower Square garage. Once you do, swing into White Lion, show them your T-Birds ticket, and they'll validate your parking for you. And then, of course, while you're there, grab some food. They got Boomer's Nachos, Seuss Mac and Cheese, Hall of Fame Wings. They got a full menu along with 20-plus beers that they have. And don't forget, you can find your favorite White Lion beers in your local liquor store, liquor store cooler. Uh, White Lion Brewing, now in Amherst in downtown Springfield, a proud local sponsor of the SRG podcast. And make sure when you go, you tell them that the boys from SRG sent you. So uh, big thanks to Ray Barry and everybody over there. You got to love those Seuss mac and cheese. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the menu is so Springfield. It's so 413. Yes, got to um, love it. So, again, I, I had a nice long couple conversations with Ray Barry and that guy. If anybody, again, if anybody met him, absolute pleasure. So uh, we really appreciate the support we're getting from from our friends at White Lion. Um, so as I mentioned, I, I, I basically, you know, Elite Prospects is such a good resource. Um, and I, I went through what the St. Louis Blues roster currently looks like. And for YouTube uh, viewers, we'll have a graphic up here for you. But I basically just went through the roster and and divided it up as to what I think the Blues are going to look like and what I think the Thunderbirds are going to look like. And this this comes to us uh, thanks to a question that Patrice on Twitter asked. Uh, Mama Kars, uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, she says, obvious question, but who is going to break into the bigs? Um, and again, we've, we've been talking about Dean or Bolduke. So what I have here for, um, for St. Louis, and we'll just look at guys that we know are absolute slam dunks to make the roster, okay? At left wing, Brandon Saad, Jacob Verana, Sammy Blaze for your top three. And then you're looking at a combination of Nathan Walker, Mackenzie McEachern, Jake mm -hmm. Neighbors. Um, I, if it were me, I would put Jake Neighbors on that third line and, again, get him going. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Blaze can play some of the right side. He can also play center, too, so he's a little more versatile. So um, your left side, your uh, center position is basically three guys, Braden Shen, Kevin Hayes, Oscar Sundquist. So now you're looking at Nikita Alexandrov. Mm -hmm. You're looking at Zach Bolduck. You're looking at Zach Dean as some of your other options. On the right side, it's a little bit heavier. You have uh, Buchnevich, Jordan Kairou, Robert Thomas, K 
Kasperi Kapanen, and then uh, Torpchenko. So there's five guys for four positions on the right side. So um, three, six, nine, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. There's 17 guys uh, right there that are, should be pretty much slam dunks on, mm-hmm. um, on the offensive side. Now, when we look at just the forwards positions for the Thunderbirds, on the left side, it's a little thin. You have uh, Hugh McGing, Sam Bitten. Um, you do have a bunch of left-handed centermen that can move over. As we know, uh, Bull Duke's been playing some wing here in the mm-hmm. preseason. Um, on the right side, it's thin too. You have Will Bitten and um, Matthias Laferriere. So, you know, there is going to have to be some shifting in terms of positions because at center, we're looking at uh, Andre Heim, Adam Gaudet, Matt Pekka, Mikhail Abramov, uh, Kean Washkruk, Tanner Dickinson, and then Bulldog and Dean, and then the two Zacks. So, you know, I know Abramov can play some wing. Uh, Washkruk can play some wing. Uh, Godets and Pekka are typically centers. I don't know what you're going to get from Andre Heim. I'm not familiar with the player. This will be his first year coming over from playing in Europe. Um, you know, and Tanner Dickinson's always been a center. So uh, we do have some, um, you know, some guys that are going to have to move around, but there are some positions where, you know, you might be a little thin on the wings. Um, on both sides if you're Springfield do you have any kind of takeaways or thoughts on the on the forward group matter not really I mean I think you you said it pretty well there there last year it was almost the opposite I feel like last year's roster was a lot of wing a lot of wingers uh this year we have a lot of, of centermen and and they're gonna have to play on either side I think that's a spot where at least in the AHL I think you're gonna see the two Zacks having to push out um and and see what they can do on the wings there's and it's as it compares to the the Blues roster, it's it's not an ideal situation for the Thunderbirds. I don't think as far as you know where the Thunderbirds are depleted. St. Louis Blues have have a, a plethora of, of talent there. It's so it it there's again we we said it at the top of the show. There's a lot of tough choices, a lot of figuring out that hockey minds a lot smarter than me will have to figure out and then I'll critique and analyze it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. They're a lot smarter is. than me, but I'll, I'll make sure to give my opinion on it. And, and it also, there's, there's, you know, this is the kind of stuff that kind of gives me a, a popsicle headache when we talk about what players are eligible mm-hmm. for waivers, how many times guys can go up and down before they're eligible for waivers. What is their contract situation? How does it affect the salary cap? Um, you know, but a guy like, like Mackenzie McKeckern, I believe he's on an, an NHL contract. So he's on a one week deal. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So if you put him, if you want to send him down, now he's got to go through waivers. Whereas a guy like Jake neighbors doesn't. So, but you want Jake neighbors to be up there because he's younger. So it's, yeah. Would you, I I mean, I I know this is a tangent, not really where we were going with this, but I, I, you don't want Jake neighbors coming down. I don't think he's too good of a talent he's too young i think I, I mean i would love to see him in springfield i love him he's my my son jake's favorite player i wonder why but um <laughs> you know he 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 deserves to be up there in st louis he should be up there playing third line at getting as many minutes as he can uh he's he's a he's a good player i mean that, that's good for good for your son jake because that's why i grew up loving steve eiserman one of the reasons because <laughs> we have the same name um but you know at the, he is 21 you know, he's 21 mm-hmm. and he's he's on a cheap contract and he signed through the 24-25 season. So, you know, as long as he's got the the, the right mindset, if, if he came down here and, and absolutely dominated the AHL as a first-line guy, 
you know, and again, I brought him up earlier, but that's sort of what the, what Florida did with Owen Tippett when, when we were mm-hmm. with that organization, um, he was NHL ready, but they said, Hey, just go down there and dominate. And when we need you, we'll call you up. Um, so, you know, when you're that, when you're that age, maybe you're, you're allowed to, to spend some more time at the minor league level mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, if he was 25, 26, I think it would be a different conversation. Sure. Know? Um, that's why I look at a guy like Alexandrov. I think Alexandrov, based on age and skill levels, ready for the NHL. Like, do you do you feel though? I mean, this was kind of I he he did well in the AHL. He stood out, and then he he would he was back and forth. I, he was pretty quiet up in the NHL though. Um, you know, so I don't he he really is that kind of in between kind of guy. I, I love him. I love him in Springfield. Um, and he's talented. I think he was the last one, I believe, sent down last year. He was right on the cusp last last year. But mm-hmm. he just he would have these dominant weeks in Springfield, and then he would go up, and and you didn't hear much about him in in St. Louis. Yeah, twenty eight games, uh, twenty eight games in St. Louis last season, um, seven points, which isn't a, isn't a ton. Um, but I think again, he was playing bottom, you know, bottom six minutes. Yeah. And, you know, when you're when you're the fourth liner, when you're scratched one night, then you're the fourth liner, then you're scratched the next night, then you're the fourth liner. Um, you know, they were doing that with Nikki. Um, Nathan Walker was was the same guy. And then um, there was another guy who I can't think of his name, dominated the AHL and then signed here in Springfield, got called up and never got sent back down. Um, Levo. Levo, thank you, Josh Levo. Yeah, Josh so Levo. Yeah, it was, it was sort of the three of them that were alternating, taking turns. So there wasn't really a lot of consistency for him at the NHL level. Um, but I, what I think he does bring, I mean, he had in 41 games in Springfield, 19 goals, 19 assists. So mm-hmm. he's not going to score you 40 goals. He's not going to get you 40 assists, but he might just give you 20 and 20. Which, uh, you know, if you're a third line center, I think that's that's I think you take that as a team. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and again, tw- age 23. 6'1", 176 pounds. So, I mean, I, a second overall pick, a second round pick. Um, I think that's a guy that that's probably earned that spot just based earned on his spot. career sure. to this point, you know? Um, so as we look at the defenseman, and I know I, rall- I rattled this off a little bit earlier, uh, there's just a lot of guys. Um, you know, guys that are, are shoe-ins for St. Louis. Pareko, Tori Krug, Justin Falk, Nick Letty, Marco Scandella, Rob Bortuzzo. Uh, there's your top six. And then Perunovic, Kelly Rosen, uh, Tyler Tucker. Um, I don't know how you send any of those three down, mm-hmm. but you can't keep them all. So um, Tucker's earned it. Scotty P would, you know, I, again, I, I, you can't have two Tory Krugs. This is again, I go back to it, but Bruins fans know he got Krug or Matt Grizzly. You can't have two five, nine defensemen. Um, I think they need to make a call on, on Perunovic or Krug. I think it's very difficult to put both in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know where I would go. I mean, I would, I'd find, try to find a trade partner for Krug and I would get Perunovic up there as fast as possible. Yeah, I, I would agree to that. Um, and then when we look at the D in Springfield, um, whether it includes Tucker or Scotty P or Callie Rosen, I think Callie Rosen's on an NHL deal too. So that would be a little tricky to send him down. Uh, but then you're looking at, uh, Matt Kessel, Josh Jacobs, who is hurt, Wyatt Kalanuck, uh, Hunter Skinner, Marc-Andre Gaudet, Leo Loof. Anton Malmstrom, Biakabatuka, and Butchinger. Um, you know, Malmstrom and Biakabatuka, I think, are two guys that could find their way into the ECHL just because, again, the plethora of bodies. Numbers. Yeah. You know, 
Um, but it's a good problem to have if you're the St. Louis organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then goalies, uh, I think it's well understood that Hofer and and Pennington are going to be up. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they kept Malcolm Subban. Um, but otherwise, you'd be looking at Zarenko, Malcolm Subban, Colton Ellis, and Springfield, and then Will, a guy like Will Cranley maybe in the ECHL. I don't know. Is it is? I think it's the Worcester Railers or the ECHL affiliate. I might have to go check out some of their games based on this <laughs> roster. Right. I mean, if if we have, I mean, well, I, I I remember one game we went to last year, Steve, and, and you're in, in in your box and you're texting me like, these are this is an e- ECHL game, you know, injuries with St. Louis and injuries in, in Springfield. Um, but you you were right. There's going to be talent at the ECHL level just based on the sheer numbers of in positions of where guys need to be if if. St. Louis decides not to trade a Krug or, or find trade partners for some of these defensemen. I, I, I'm, I agree with you. I don't know how you send the, any of those three guys down, but you're going to have to send Tucker down. Um, Prunovich is going to have to come down. Who's making room for those. You're going to be sending those guys down to the ECHL. You don't want them standing up, you know, behind section 28 the whole season. Right. So right. you, they need to be playing hot because they're young and talented. The talent is there. The, the development is what needs to take time. And you're not developing anything standing in your, you know, watching in your street clothes. So, um, yeah, the, the the railers might be might be a hot ticket this year. Yeah, for real. And, you know, again, this is all it's all on paper. I mean, it didn't take long last year for Tommy Cross to go down. Dylan McLaughlin goes down. Mm-hmm. Nathan Todd goes down. Um, you know, they there were some holes in that in that Springfield roster just based on injuries. And that's that's an inevitable thing that's gonna happen. So you got to keep those guys close by. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so there's a little bit of a look uh, of the roster. And again, for our YouTube video for our YouTube fans, you got a little bit of a glimpse of uh what that would look like in terms of of uh you know for, for the visual folks. Um and again, feel free to check out our YouTube channel if you're just tuning in on Spotify or another streaming platform, however you are listening. Uh, we do appreciate it, but uh, yeah, we do have different elements here to the show as well, especially on YouTube. Um, and talk about fan interaction. We do appreciate everyone that is following us on social media, getting involved with us. Um, we put out the feelers for questions uh, mm-hmm. from you, the fans. And again, if you ever have any questions, comments, things you want us to talk about, hot takes, uh, reach out to our, our Facebook page, Twitter page. Uh, we're sort of all over social media. You can comment in our YouTube uh, channel as well. Um, so we did get a Facebook question from a long time, long time Springfield hockey fan, Al Arment. Uh, and this is kind of an interesting question. I'm not exactly positive how to answer it, but we'll, we'll do our best. Uh, Al asks, how big of a role does the fan support for the players help their development? Um, you got a thought on this? Help their development? I'm not sure. I don't know. That that's a tough part to answer. How much does the the fan support help in Springfield? I think drastically. I do. I've I've been to a few other arenas, and it's you know k- kudos to the front office staff for for selling all these tickets. But I think it's something special. And and I know the numbers came out last year, and Springfield was at the top as far as um, tickets sold. You know, um, percentage of sellouts and 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 fan interaction. And that's kudos to the front office. I do think it helps. I mean, anyone who's played sports knows it's easier to play at home. You're more comfortable there. Um, the place is rocking. It's loud. I can't help, but think it helps. 
you know, as far as the actual development of a player, I think it, if, you know, does it maybe create a sense of, wow, if they're rocking like this in the Thunderdome, what's it like up in St. Louis? I want to get up there. You know, maybe there's some of that element to say like, man, if this is what an AHL arena sounds like, what's big time sound like? And it, it creates that little seed in your brain of I, I've got to get up there. Um, but keep rocking Thunderdome. You, you yeah. do a great job. You know, we're loud. We get into the games. And and, and honestly, like it's, it's a respectful fan base mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, you, you know, there's always one or two in, in an arena, <laughs> but yep. it's a respectful, knowledgeable fan base, which makes it fun. Every time I, I, I like to move around with my season pass and, and I go to different areas and I'm always trying to talk to different people, how many games you go to and this, that, and the other, and, and they're knowledgeable. They know what they're talking about. They, they get into the game. They're watching the game. They're not on their phones. They're into the game. And, and, it has to help. So keep doing it. Thunderdome. Keep doing yeah. your thing. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right from that perspective. And you know, you got to anticipate that a lot of these guys come from um, either Canadian junior hockey, where they take it very seriously. It's like football in the South, like high school football in the South. They got big yeah. arenas that are full of people. Um, you know, you're playing at the university of Wisconsin or you're playing at UMass or you're playing at Boston college. You know, those are loud arenas. Yeah, I've been to games at Quinnipiac. They're loud games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think, you know, when there's, when we win a big game in Springfield and Kevin's interviewing Sam, uh, Will Bitten on the ice and how many times Love has it. he said, you guys are really loud tonight. We really needed you. The fans are great. You know, I think that that goes a long way. And, you know, on the flip side, imagine if you're, I don't hate to pick on him, but like, imagine if you're playing in the Wolf Pack and you get one of those games where there's 4,000 fans in a 20,000 seat arena. Mm-hmm. And then next week you're in playing Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Like that dichotomy is so different. Um, mm-hmm. and and so you there's that holy bleep moment, right? Where you're like, sure, I'm at MSG and I last week I was playing in front of four thousand people at the XL Center. So I do think that um there is a little bit of that. Uh, and I think that, like you said, I think that the Thunderbirds fans are smart, they're knowledgeable, um, they're loud when they need to be loud. Um and I think that does play to an advantage, especially as a home team. Um, another sort of element to that, I guess, uh, to answer Al's question, you know, when it comes to, I think Kevin Johnson touched on this a little bit when he was talking about interviewing and he was saying, you know, if you, you, these players need to learn how to do an interview at the AHL ready so that they're ready to do an interview at the NHL ready uh, level. Um, you know, you have to learn when you, you know, whether it's win or lose, the game ends, you go in the locker room, you shower up, you get your stuff, you talk to the coach, you, you talk to your teammates, you, you do a little press conference, whatever. Then you walk out and you just want to go home. You just mm-hmm. want to go back to your place. You just want to have a burger. You want to do whatever you want to do. And there are six fans waiting for you with Sharpies and, and jerseys. And they just want to talk to you and say hi. And, and, um, and you have to learn, even if you don't want to do that, you have to learn that that's important, an important part of, your mm-hmm. development and that you know um the the fans appreciate win or lose they appreciate you and what you do and even if you're so ticked off because you had such a crap game um you still have to learn how to take the time to to be with the fans um and i think that the thunderbirds have always done a good job of of getting star players involved in community events whether it's reading books or it's 
you know, the, the teddy bear things, you know, they always have them out in the community. I think for mm -hmm. that exact point is learning how to interact with fans. I mean, some of these kids are, are 19, 20, 21 year old, year old. And as a high school teacher, I could tell you, some of them have no idea how to talk to grown adults. They don't. Um, so how do you kind of learn, learn how to communicate with people and control your own emotions? I mean, pregame, you know, yeah. guys are walking into the game and they're in their suit and they have their headphones on and they're locked into what they're doing. And now people want to shake your hand and they want to say hi and good luck. And you, you have to compartmentalize and, and take your focus just for a minute away from what you're doing so that you can have a, an interaction with a fan. Um, and I think a lot of players understand that. I've come across a handful of players that don't. Mm -hmm. They just have no clue. And guess what? None of them have made it to the NHL. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do think that goes a couple ways. And then lastly, as Al will appreciate, uh, how do you handle fans that are obnoxious? Because Al, I love you, pal. But boy, oh boy, whenever at Bridgeport, is it is it Seth Helgeson? Seth Helgeson and Madison Bowie, uh, whenever they get penalties, Al will come down and he will stand and yell at them and, and parade them. You know, and he doesn't swear at them or anything, but... You know, he's gotten under the skin of a couple of these players. How do you just ignore the noise, keep it out? I mean, the, some of the players that I've seen that get real emotional in the penalty box towards hecklers are not NHLers. There, it, it, there's know? a mentality to sports. There, There is. There's. It's mind games. It, to be a professional athlete, it's not just a physical skill set. There's a lot of it that that has to 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 click up in your head it, and I, hey easier said than done i think but yeah how do you block that out you're in the penalty box you made a bad call you're hurting your team and now you've got some some knucklehead fan in the background yelling at you screaming things at you how do you tune that out but you have to you have to learn yeah. how to do that uh and if you can't you're a cheller for life yeah and and, you know, it's it's not even the fans, but just a couple stories on this. Like, I've seen I've seen bad calls made at the AHL level. And you can handle it by getting in the box and turning around and looking at the ref. And, you know, you bleep and bleep, you bleep and bleep, 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 bleep. You stink. You stuck. You suck. You don't know how much you're doing. Go back to the minors. You, you can swear the ref up and down, right? Um, then I did my first game with the Bruins. And... I forget it might have been Matt Borvietsky on on Ottawa. You know, he gets the penalty, he's not happy about it. He sits down, the whistle blows, he calls the ref over and he goes, uh, boy, you're having a bad game tonight, eh? <laughs> you know, and it was it was hilarious. And like, but like you don't swear him up and down, you just you you make your point calmly, you know, and and Damn. and that's and and that the ref is gonna ap appreciate that way more than getting sworn up and down the ice. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. Um, so understanding you, you said compartmentalizing your emotions, whether it's with the fans, whether it's with teammates, whether it's with officials, coaching staff, right. How are you able to, to really uh, keep yourself in check again at a young age is, is a challenge. So, mm -hmm. um, so thanks for the questions. We appreciate it again. The more you give us uh, the more we'd love to get you involved. Um, but, uh, Al and, and Patrice, we really appreciate you guys reach, reaching out to us and, uh, and getting that going, um, real quick, just looking ahead for the blues. Um, they do have a, another preseason game on, uh, Monday night that is at seven o'clock against, um, uh, against the Columbus blue jackets. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm sure we will see, 
a lot of well, whatever's left of Thunderbirds players. Maybe that's why there haven't been as many roster moves hmm. today as we expected is because they're probably going to wait to try to get one more game in. Um, and it does look like there is uh, two more preseason games. If I got this correct, um, there is Thursday, October 5th, again against the Stars, and then Saturday, October 7th against the Blue, uh, the Blackhawks. And then their season is going to kick off the following Thursday, October 12th. So uh, there will be two more opportunities for these young prospects to really get their feet wet. And it'll be interesting, like we've been talking about, to see how this roster shakes out come this time next week. Yeah, yep. And and with the Thunderbirds opening just two short weeks away, we'll try to get on one more time to to have one more show to discuss the final roster breakdown and, and to get into opening night around the AHL. Um, but things are ramping up and things are getting exciting. That's for sure. Um, and of course, don't forget, we as we talk about opening night, uh, Thunderbirds do have preseason games of their own um, this coming Friday. Holy smokes, this Friday. Um, they are going to host the Providence Bruins at home. Um, seven o'clock game at the Thunderdome. I'll be there. Uh, well, as long as, as long as the Connecticut sun, uh, don't have a, a the WNBA finals game that night, mm-hmm. I will be there. Um, and then they also, I mean, they have two games, uh, a home and home basically with Providence for the preseason. So they will, they will definitely need some more bodies for that game. <laughs> the ones that they have sent down right now are, aren't good enough to fill out a roster. So. Ideally, there will be some more roster movement between now and Friday of this week, but um, we are looking forward to getting our first action, our first taste of Thunderbirds hockey as the calendar turns to um, calendar turns to October. Here we are, we are ready to go. We are right on the cusp of the new season. It's awesome. Um, so, uh, with that, we appreciate everybody listening. Again, if you. Uh, if you want to get involved, please hit us up. Otherwise, uh, we will come up with our own things to talk about, and that's going to be easier and easier here as we get going. <laughs> and uh, as always, we want to say thanks to our friends at White Lion Brewing. Uh, check out their new new location in Amherst and, of course, at Tower Square in downtown Springfield. Fantastic local partner here in the 413. Uh, we're so thrilled to have them as a part of, uh, of our operation. And, uh, again, it, it doesn't have to just be them. If you want to get your, your company involved in what we're doing here, we're more than happy to have you on board. Um, we have, uh, other things that, uh, that, that we're working on doing here at SRG. So, uh, the more that you can, can help us out the more you want to get involved, we're, we're happy to have you. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you to white lion. Thank you to all of you for listening, all the fans and, uh, let's go T-Birds two weeks. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. On behalf of Matt Baker, Steve Forney, see you guys later.